Welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I am Al Mancini, your host, coming to you live right now from Las Vegas, the town where it is so damn hot that my head has actually burst into flames, if you can see that. <laughs> if you're just listening to the audio version, get a picture of the new do. It looks like my head exploded. Anyway, um, thanks for coming, Top of the Food Chain. We've got a great show for you today. We have Vic Vegas back to talk about going into the finals of Food Network Star. Missed him last week, but it doesn't matter. He won, so he is back. And then we're also going to have one of this town's best sommeliers, Lindsay Whipple from over at Cut. She's going to be here chatting about um, wine, but more importantly about how to deal with the sommelier. So if you guys are intimidated by sommeliers, you should um, get on the chat line right now. Yes, we have a live chat. So if you're watching live, just sign on into the chat room, and we will be taking all your questions live. If you've got questions for future editions, email them over to us, and that is food at VegasVideoNetwork.com. We are, of course, here on VegasVideoNetwork.com. We are on iTunes. We are on YouTube. We are archived at my website, AlMancini.net. We are played on the radio, 1400 AM, KSHP, every Friday night. And that's all the Vegas Video Network shows. We got, I think, seven or eight shows going on right now. And they just run back to back. So check that out. And if you are listening there and you don't have access to a chat line or things like that, you can phone in. We've got a listener line, and I have to put it in front of me because my eyesight is crappy. 866-966-4599. That's 866-966-4599. Call, record a message. Scott, has anybody recorded a message on that line yet? Yes, but they're all very, very profane. We like that. And they're, they're just, no, no, we have, we've had a couple. Yeah, okay, well, anyway, be the first on your block to dial in a, a um, top of the food chain question at that number. Anyway, let's get this show on the road. Scott, how are you today? I'm good, baby. Yes. Vic is here. Liz is here. Sally is here. David, Fred, Mom, Dad, they're all here. The gang's Big all show. here. And man, for a guy who got his butt kicked playing miniature golf oh, last weekend. Really? Really? You're in quite the mood. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I did not get my butt kicked. Well, I you beat a, me. I scored a 55, which tied for fourth. I did lose in an unfortunate uh, sudden death playoff, uh, but I did it because a little kid would cry if he would have lost. You did not lose in the sudden death playoff. I you did. You came in fourth in the sudden death playoff. What are you talking about? You were not running for first place no, in that see, playoff. Oh, Al, Al, Al. No, the, uh, the playoff was for just me and this other guy. We called him Puppy. Exactly. So you would have us. lost no matter how you did in that playoff. No, no, you would have still come in oh, fourth. Oh, my God. So let's. This is a, when are we bringing Vic on? He's a much nicer guy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just trying to get some of the bitterness out of my system before I bring Vic on. I'm getting it. Okay, what was your score again, just out of curiosity? Uh, I was like 712 or something. <laughs> right. Then. And that shot of Jaeger didn't help. 
I was in, in, you know, I was injured in a tragic windmill accident on the first hole. It was, I had to play through the pain, but I, I made it. You had through. too much Jaeger because there were no windmills there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't have too much Jaeger when the only place to get Jaeger is um, Jackpot Jonies right next door. <laughs> if anybody's ever been in a Jackpot Jonies, not conducive to slamming shots of Jaeger, I can tell you. <laughs> Um, what else have you been up to for the past week other than licking your wounds? Oh, man, I really am feeling pretty good about the loss. <laughs> it's not so bad. Uh, just, you know, kind of doing stuff in the network. We're about this far away from a big uh, syndication announcement. Pretty happy about that. Uh, Jacob and I are working out. I'm very sore. It's just been a great week. I was going to ask you if you're working out. I thought it was Vic when I walked in and I saw yes, you there. Yes, I know. He's looking buff, I know. man. Hold on. You're looking buff. Why don't you get Vic to train you? Because I'm afraid of him. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, well, okay. Um, I'm as big as Vic. It's just none of it's muscle on me. It's all just flab. You know, but if you wear the right shirt, it could actually look like I'm as big as I him. think that's why Vic looks as large as he does. It's shirt selection. No, I don't think so. I think he could kick the crap out of both of us at one time. I believe that's true as well. Anyway, man, um, had, a, had a great weekend. The wine weekend over at Ariole was happening, about seven wine events. Um, I didn't make it to a lot. I did make it to a fondue party, which was really, really cool, and drank a lot of Swiss wine, which I didn't even know Switzerland made wine. They don't make it out of cheese or chocolate, but it goes well with both of them. Um, crazy day today, just to bring people up and what's going on in my life. Made it to the Star Trek convention this morning. Scott, have you ever been to the Star Trek convention? Are you a Trekkie? I am not. I am a journalist, and I had to go and interview people. Uh, I mean, I know I love the shows. I love most of the shows. Oh my um, god! But you know, I would never dress up like a Klingon or anything. But people enjoy doing that, and good for them. I actually interviewed a guy, and I wanted. I was hoping we'd have a picture. I don't. There was an episode in the uh, first season of the original Star Trek. I don't know if anybody ever saw this, and this has nothing to do with food. So just go to the refrigerator and get something to eat while I'm telling this story. Um, and there was this big monster guy on the screen, and then when they finally met him, who was this little like six-year-old kid. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that episode, but it was really weird. I interviewed the guy who played the six-year-old kid. It's actually Ron Howard's brother. Oh. And really, I mean, a character actor that's done you know, a million things over the past 45 years. But here he is 45 years later at a convention signing autographs for what he did when he was six years old on Star Trek. Yeah, he's done a lot of gigs because of his brother. No, I mean, at the time, I don't think he was getting him because of his brother. I mean, he's done a lot of acting. So it was cool. Then I just shot a video with Hubert Keller over at Fleur de Lis. That'll be coming up soon. And as you can see, Scott, I got the new do. What do you think? It's a little summertimey? Yeah, I think it is summertimey. I yes. like it. It's warm. It, it shows that you're friendly, that you have love in your heart. And um, I, have so I feel much like love I want to in, kiss you a little bit. I have so much love in my heart, it is oozing out of the pores of my skull. It is. Now, w did you select that, or did you let your hair guy just kind of go crazy? I never select the colors of my hair, the length of my hair. Um, I've got a great guy, Brandon Arthur. He's over at um, Ronnie Joseph Salon over on Eastern Avenue. Actually, I don't know if I plugged the fact, I did a video recently where I got my hair dyed, and then after that, me and my colorist went over to um, Carla... Carla Pellegrino's restaurant, Britalian, and we had some Brazilian food. So you can find that at almancini.net. You can see how stupid I look when I get all these foils in my hair and all these foils in my beard, and then you got to let it sit in for about 25 and 30 minutes, depending on what it is. And the place is right down in the same strip mall as Tommy Rockers. So I always go down there with all the foils in my hair and the big cape on, and I have a couple shots, and I play some video poker, and everyone looks at, a, you know, looks at me like I'm insane. But then I realized that when I get the foils out and I go out looking like this, people still look at me like I'm insane. So <laughs> it doesn't make much of a difference. Anyway, 
that, that's about it, man. Um, again, you can see that at almancini.net. But in the meantime, we've got real people with real interesting things to talk about, not this minutia. So, Scott, unless you have anything to add, let's take it to a break, and we'll get Vic over here. You got it, brother. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris Phillips from Talk Tales, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And if you stop by the studio, our producer Scott's going to buy everybody a drink. <laughs> All right, we are back here at Top of the Food Chain on the Vegas Video Network. And if you're listening on the radio, you're at KSHP. 1400 AM. And with me, without further ado, the man who stood me up last week, Mr. Vic Vegas. How are you? Good to see you. <laughs> How you doing? I'm very well. You made it back from Barstow okay? Yes, made it back from Barstow okay. Always a journey to Barstow. Um, I was in Atomic Number no. 7 ice cream and I'm getting these messages from you like, I'm in Barstow, I'm not going to make the show. Communication though, bro, you know, because I good. really wanted to be here with you, man. You I know, I look forward it. to this. Even though everything's going on, man, I still love sitting here with you. Uh, no, well, usually because there's booze, but we don't have any today. Oh, you don't? Now, but, yeah, but the um, casino right. next door has a happy hour that starts right when this show ends, so we'll go over there and get some, and it's pretty cheap casino to begin with, so the drinks aren't that expensive even when it's not happy hour. I uh, love the old Vegas deals. Hell yeah. So it's been two weeks, and you are still standing, my brother. Oi. Not bad. Final three. Final three. Here it is. We're going into the last episode, and um, it's a blessing. I made it this far. You know? Here's the question. What do I call you now? Hey. Hey. This is yeah. what people tell me. When my friends call me and I tell them I'm going to have you on the show, they're like, are you going to be interviewing Vic Vegas? Or are you going to be interviewing Vic Moe? You are going to be interviewing... Or Mama's Boy. Vic Vegas, the Mama's Boy. And my real name uh, that I was very proud to announce on TV is Vic Moe. So everybody knows about that as a kid? No, no. I'll tell you the reason. period as a kid. The man. reason I'm asking, I've got a, a good friend um, used to be in White Zombie. He was on the first two albums. And I, when I got to know him, his name was Tom Five, guitarist, great heavy metal guitarist. And um, Tom Five, that's what we all called him until I picked up the first two White Zombie albums and found out his name was Tom Gay. And apparently got a little tired of being teased about that, so he changed his name. Hmm. So I was just curious. Yeah, I got teased, but just, you know, I was the fat kid and all that stuff. So, you know, I got teased for many other reasons, but... But not, not quite. That. Now you can kick all their butts and, well, hey, and you're on TV. I'm proud to be a mama's boy. I'm proud to be Vic Mo, and I'm proud to represent Vegas, man. Well, that's the thing. They said in the roast, the reason if you guys weren't watching two weeks ago, it was a roast episode and a lot of comics on. We'll talk a bit about that more. But they kind of told you, put Vic Vegas to death. I mean, that was all. They told you, just stop. Enough with the Vegas shtick. We're bored of it. Be mama's boy. Be Vic Mo. That's, that's who we love. They kind of didn't dig the persona. Now, you still love the persona, though. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, you have the inner and the outer. And my inside is the mama's boy, because I was always the mama's boy before I was anything. So I'm not changing into anything. I'm just going back to what I was and continuing to go with Vic Vegas as well, the mama's boy, because that's pretty much what got me to get to where I am today. Because I really believe that they brought Vic Vegas onto the Food Network, and then as they got to know me, and everybody got to know me, they got to see Mama's Boy. So okay. I think both needs their fair shot. Okay, we've got a question in the chat room. Scott, what is happening? Yeah, we got actually several questions uh, from Chuck, you want, or I'm sorry, Canuck. Vic, who has been your toughest critic, and what did you take away from that person? 
Um, my toughest critic has been Al Mancini. And um, I'm going to say the toughest critic as in on the show itself or in, in, toughest critic on the show, definitely Bobby. I'm going to say Bobby because he's right there to catch every single mistake you make. But in a way, you guys know me by now. I take the criticism and I use it as a positive tool to motivate me and to do the right thing. So I really appreciate the criticism. But definitely Bobby. Okay. He was hardcore, man. <laughs> what, what else we got going on, Scott? Amaya wants to know, how early could you have been sent home and still, still feel proud about your experience on the show? The answer to that would be not first. <laughs> Even though you made it there and, you know, go in there like, I'm happy I made it there, I made it. You know, you really don't want to go home first. Um, you know, that, that's really hard to answer because every week when you're about to get eliminated, you think about going home and it's just a shattering feeling. So the main thing is, is you actually want to win this and you don't want to get sent home. So besides thinking about going home the first week or two, if you've been watching, um, I've put out of my mind going home and I told myself, I'm not going to finish short. I'm going to make it to the end and I'm going to win this thing. So um, going back to the roast episode that we were talking about a little bit, uh, we heard how, you know, you told me there are all these tough comedians and they what we saw on TV, they seem to go pretty easy on you guys. Now, did we just miss a lot of the nasty stuff? You know, it wasn't really nasty. I mean, these are comedians that are comedians for a living. They sleep, eat, breathe being a comedian. And if you notice some of the comedians with their reputations, uh, Gilbert Godfrey himself being a roast master, um, it was pretty hardcore. You know, I still feel like they bashed us pretty good. So is there B-roll out there? Or oh, there's got to be some B-roll out there. Something for your reunion special that maybe we could see? Um, I believe Can you, you get Bob on the phone? I got a request for him. Matt. Get Bob on the phone. He's a hard guy to get a hold of. <laughs> I guess um, so. But Especially for me. No, they're going to show some great stuff at the reunion episode. And... Uh, those guys were hardcore. They, they beat us up pretty bad. Well, as always, the audience has more to ask you. What else? Yeah, two more. Mercy wants to know, uh, who do you think was the best chef that was maybe sent home a little too early? Orchid, hands down. Orchid, she's phenomenal. Um, I tasted her food at home, and with the type of person she is and you know her experience and being a great chef at what she does, which is barbecue, I'm going to say Orchid needed to stick around a lot longer. Okay, and one more, Scott? Yeah, Jackie wants to know, uh, he sa she says that he talks a lot about being mama's boy, but I've never heard him talk about his mama or what she was like. What was one of your greatest cooking memories of your mother? Okay, first of all, if you haven't seen me talk about my mom yet, you got to go to foodnetwork.com and see the two videos that they have on us. They actually have like the audition video and a couple other videos. I actually really start breaking down a little bit when we start talking about my mom because my mom and my grandmother was the motivation instead of them shooing me out of the kitchen they always allowed me to be in the kitchen and they allowed me to help them and make it fun for me and you know as life went on that really built my confidence into being where i am today so i get it all from them Okay, um, I want to talk about other people. You know, I was going to bring this up last week, but the timing's even better now. They're under—they're doing auditions right now for Food Network. <laughs> yes, style. they are. And as a matter of fact, I probably knew this earlier, but I got a reminder press release, and I put it up on my blog last week, uh, August twentieth, here in Las Vegas. So if you're out here in Las Vegas and you want to be on Food Network Star, you show up August twentieth. I believe it is ten to two, 
and it is at the Western Cause Arena, the place that used to be the Maxim and a bunch of other things, right there on Flamingo. Um, you can get the information, I'm sure, at foodnetwork.com somewhere, and you can just go to my thing, almancini.net, and there's a blog post about it. So, also, if you missed it in your city, there are other cities where it's still going to be happening. LA is coming up. Um, a few cities have already had it. And if you don't, if you can't make it out live, you can submit a tape. And all that information, again, almancini.net or over at the Food Network site, you can find. Did you do in person or did you do a tape? Ah, I'm so glad I could answer this. I've done it all, actually. I did in person and I did the tape. Every possible chance I could have to communicate with these guys over the years to let them know that I'm there, it was like the SOS, like here I am, here I am. My first video, three minutes, you're supposed to send it in. My first video was three hours. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying to do that, but. I took every single possible route that I could take to let these people see that I'm there. So I suggest doing the tape, going to the auditions, sending emails, writing, you know, whatever. Let them know you're there. Could I just send them a link to all of my shows and maybe they'd save me the time? Hey, I'll tell you what, Al. Got a good <laughs> shot, buddy. Yeah, if only I could cook better. I can't do a cooking demo show, you know, man? I mean, I, I thought Mary Beth was a little weak on the cooking, and I think she would kick my ass. But you so. know taste, though. You know what stuff's supposed to taste like, and you'd be surprised. That would all kick in. We right. might have to get you going here. Well, see, that's, that's the question. I mean, it seems that what they're looking for there is always, what they're trying to get out of all of you guys is a cooking demo show. That's the style. I mean, I would love to be on the Food Network. I'd love to do a show like this or like some of the other videos that I do. I consider myself an educator, though. I mean, I, I'm not, in no way trying to compare myself, but there are people who are not doing demo shows. Um, well, Guy Fieri doesn't do a demo show. Anthony Bourdain doesn't do a demo show. I got you here. That is the true test, okay? The demo show where you have only a certain amount of time to use ingredients and be able to explain everyone, that's their well-rounded test that they give you to see if you're ready for the other things. You know, everybody has to go through that. Like, you gotta go through that little camera first. Cause you know, like Justin, when he had got eliminated, he's like, I can't get through that little camera. I can't get through this cooking demo. I have to go out there and show everyone who I am and what I bring to the table from the farm and prepare it. You gotta get through that whole cooking demo, cut, cook, and go first before they will even consider you. Okay. Um, questions from Future stars, Scott? Who's yes, that? yes. Geez, there's so many here. Okay. Um, uh, time frame. How long did it go from the audition to the shooting the first show to today? Okay, let's think here because, you know, I, I have a hard time doing that sometimes. Um, the audition, we would say, is in August, September. Um, usually, by the time, you know, they want to proceed, it should usually go somewhere around November before the new year. And then once it's showtime, usually around the new, the new year, in the first month or two in the new year. So then from that point on, it's, you know, you figure, you rock and roll, you're going to go two months, you're going to make it all the way to the end, because I hope everyone out there that goes for this does. And so you figure you add a two, January, February, and then March, April, May, June, July, August, here we are. So the and whole process takes a good year. One of your old friends calls and tries to get you to do a show every week. And that's <laughs> the hell out of you, right? Right. Hey. What else, Scott? Crystal wants to know what advice you would give somebody who's an up-and-coming chef like her. Chef as in to be on the next Food Network star, hopefully, or Food Network star. Or maybe um, just an upcoming chef, somebody who wants to do this as a career. Because it's two different answers. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, I mean, obviously, if you're going for food star, you got to have it 
you know, all well-rounded. You gotta have the personality and you gotta have the cooking chops. But if you're going more as an up and coming chef, as a competitor, you wanna stick close with people. You wanna hear new words that you don't know and go research them yourself. And kind of like, you know, when you're not at work, take your time to figure out what these words are and start incorporating these new things into what you do to try to come up with your own thing. Words like harissa. Words like harissa. I couldn't believe you didn't know what harissa was this week. You know what? I actually used it before and <laughs> partially knew what it was. And I guarantee you there's people out there using it that can't explain it 100%. But I was not about to give Alton Brown a half ASS explanation. <laughs> well, if, if anybody, no um, the first time I was introduced to harissa, and um, it was using uh, my good friend Rick Moonen's cookbook. And not only does he call on use of it quite a bit, but he actually has a recipe on how to make it from scratch. So if any of you people are out there and you really want to know how to make your own harissa, so in case Alton Brown ever asks you, you will know, uh, Fish Without a Doubt by Rick Moonen. It's a good place to start. Like I said, harissa, not something I normally would use in my cuisine. You know, right. like I can't deep fry it, so I don't <laughs> serve it, man. What else, You Scott? should know that. Yeah, a lot of questions about your tattoos. Uh, how many tattoos do you have? Do you have any that are inspired by your mom or family, anything like that? The only thing I'm going to say is, is anybody that wants to know that, you can look at the three fours on the side of my neck, okay? And you could Google it, okay? You Google what does the significance of 444 mean? And if you have anybody up in the big sky that you think might be watching over you, which mine would be my mother, um, there's somewhat of a connection there between those fours I have on my neck and my mother. And if you guys are more curious, you know, about it, we don't have enough time here to talk about it. You research it and you'll be very surprised. It might help you out. Scott, I know we're running out of time, but what, what else? You know, the last question we'll take, Haley wants to know, what is your all-time favorite dish to make? My all-time favorite dish to make. I actually have the opportunity to make it next week on Food Star. It is the seven Italian fishes combined nice. into my soup of the pesce, which is an Italian fish stew with a bunch of awesome shellfish in it. Next week, you will get to see me so prepare that. We're not talking about the seven Italian fishes like a Christmas Eve dinner. Actually, what it is, it's, it's funny that you say that. Um, when we moved away from New York to Las Vegas, we didn't have the family around us, and we didn't have that seven fish festival anymore. So what we did was is we combined it all into one dish and kind of took us back to the good old days where we were with the family. So it is. It's like the seven fish feast all summed up into one bowl. Okay, so final week. What can you tell us to expect? Like, do you win? <laughs> you guys, you do know if you win, it's not one of these things where they flash to you live, right? And they, they announce the winner live on the last episode. You guys do know. They might. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll have to tune in and find out. What can you promise us? What, who are we going to see? I could promise you a very interesting recap show next week. Um, I could promise people are going to really do their best because the finish line is this far away, and you're going to see whatever everybody's got come out to be the next food star. Okay, so this Sunday is not the finale. This Sunday is the finale. Is the finale. Okay. Well, the recap. Uh, you mean after the finale? Well, okay. I thought you were stay tuned because you have the reunion episode, which comes on before the show. Not a lot of people know that, but the reunion episode comes on first, and then it goes into the two-hour finale series. Okay. And um, definitely make sure you check with your TiVo and just. Record an hour ahead and an hour behind because Always. earlier in this season we had a little problem with that. He won't let them live that down. I'm not letting anybody live that down. I want people to make sure they see the show. I I, I'm I, not going to tell Food Network how to program their network. How do you think I feel? It was my first good episode. On, I'll tell them then that they should do that, but that's about it. 
Anyways, Vic, good luck. Can't wait to see how it all plays out. And um, hopefully you will be back in the future. Either that or you'll be having me on your show. Anyway, make sure you tune in. Vic's also got a new website coming out, but I can't give you the link just yet, but we'll have it for you as soon as it's live. But in the meantime, if anybody's interested in catering or consulting, it's VicVegas at FierceFoodGroup.com. Okay, we will be back right after this, and we're going to be talking sommeliers. Stay tuned. Let me know when I'm live. Hi, everybody. This is Bridget Magnus of Getting Real Estate in Vegas, and you are watching the Vegas Video Network. <laughs> okay, we are back. We are at top of the food chain on the Vegas Video Network. And look at this. We're bringing in special effects. Woo, Scott's making things fly. Woo. Oh, God. I have here with me today Lindsay Whipple, sommelier, head sommelier at Cut, <laughs> Wolfgang Puck's Cut. In my opinion, the greatest overall steakhouse I've ever dined in in the world. In the top 10 restaurants in my book, Eating Las Vegas, the 50 Essential Restaurants. And if you're going there and you're going to have wine, Lindsay is the lady with whom to speak. Lindsay, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for, um, for coming out. Thank you for having me. So I want to chat with you about a lot of things. The reason I, I had Lindsay in is because there's kind of a revolution going on right now in wine lists. And they're going electronic, which is really cool. Yes, it is. So, very cool. Before we get into the basic, and if anybody out there has questions about Psalms, because I think sommeliers are scary, not you because <laughs> you're just beautiful and everything, but <laughs> I don't know, some of them can be scary and people yes, are afraid to chat with them. So we're going to talk a bit about that, but could you explain to me what's going on with this new movement in, um, in wine lists? Well, um, many, not many restaurants, but um, many restaurants that have a larger list um, have, have grasped onto the technology of the iPad and it's sleek, um, easy um, storage, um, lightweight um, piece of technology that it is. I mean, it, it was only a matter of time before someone was like, wow, this could be used in the restaurant or as a menu, as, as, a, as a wine list. So um, what it does is um, eliminates you know, the whole paper issue, and um, it is uh, more green. Because this can be big. Yes. I mean, they can be a Bible they're bringing to your table yes. sometimes. Which, How many wines do you have at Cut? Right now, I have uh, between 600 and 700 selections. Um, it is the technology, through my experience and doing research with other restaurants, is that it is more beneficial for a larger list because when you go to the different areas in the wine list, you know, if you have a small list and you only have like 100 selections, you're going to have some gaps and some bl blank space. Um, but uh, oh, oh, it'd be excellent for a wine list that is like a, a grand award that has many, many selections like our Spago Beverly Hills that just won their grand award last year. Yeah, that's a novel, like yeah. this thick. And that is extremely intimidating. Even, even for me, I'm like, Wow. Yeah. And Gosh. So we're, in this. we're seeing these tablets come out now at Cut. I know you were one of the first to have this particular type of technology. Um, Ariol has had a, an electronic wine list for a little while. Uh, Haleo, I know, Al, um, what's his name? What's his name? Andre Rashad's restaurants, mm -hmm. Alize and Andre's, both have the same technology that you have. So this is basically like you walk into the place and you just hand somebody an iPad? Yeah, it depends, again, on the steps of service near a restaurant. I've noticed that. Um, not entirely everyone has given up the paper list due to um, just, you know, if, if a guest just wants a cocktail or wines by the glass, they still have paper for that. 
But um, when you do, you come into cut, you would, um, when we hand you the menus, you, the iPad would come out of the wine list, and our servers are now trained to um, instruct you on how to use it. But as we've, um, we've, been, we've been using the technology since January, we've noticed that people are already inclined to let us know that they're okay, that they, they got it. You know, it's, it's, it's refreshing. It, it's, it's a way to start conversation and to, um, you know, just... Talk, talk more and get, get the table a little more open and, um, you know, excited that there's something new and that, um, you know, restaurants are also taking in new technology as well. Scott and I recently had a three-dimensional cocktail list when we went out drinking. Wow. Very cool. yeah, <laughs> Did it have out. a hologram? And it was over at Caesar's Palace if you're in the cabanas and you got a cool cocktail list you have to put on the little glass and it's like, woo, the drinks are coming right at you. That way, that, well, you might get a little... Oh, I want it there. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> um, no, it's not actually pictures, just the words, really. But it was cool. So this is cool. Could we, we, unfortunately, and we wanted Lindsay to bring in a copy of the, uh, the iPad and run through it. We can't. This technology is so cool, it only works in your own restaurant. Yeah, it's, it's a Wi-Fi. It's an app that, it, that will only work within your, um, your little area of your restaurant. Like, you know, if, when Haleos will only work there. And, you know, if you wanted to leave with the iPad, which I don't think anyone ever would because it's the first edition, so I know there's like, what, four now? So. <laughs> I, I could still use a first edition, so I'm so try to walk. We haven't it. had anyone like, you know, do do do, like, bye, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's only a technology that will work in the restaurant. But the fact that it's so wired into your restaurant, I'm assuming gives you the ability to kind of really be up to the second on what's going on. So, you that know, if somebody, is at the table, best part. somebody at table 51, orders a bottle that I'm looking at, then boop, just disappears yeah, off my gone. iPad. <laughs> gone. It's, and, it's, I, and I've done, I've scared some guests before because the, the server will come like, oh, they ordered this. I go, oh, no, that, that's 86. It must have just have, have not been taken off. So I'll go take it off, and then I'll go to the table. And they're like, yeah, we wanted this. So you're just messing with them. So yeah, instead of admitting that you made the mistake, let the drunk people think they made the mistake, right? I'll tell them like, no, 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 I, I just took it back. That's that, and that's another way to like, this is what the great technology does. It can just eliminate eighty sixes and heartache from guests that really wanted something and it's not there. I mean, we're not, it, it's still that human error. I still have to go physically do it. Um, price pricing mistakes or um, spelling mistakes, which is still you know every wine list is going to have spelling mistakes because it's you know I'm the sommelier typing it in and I have dyslexia and. I'm not perfect, and it also helps the guest, you know, let them tell me how, what I need to fix, which I like. I like that. It's fun. Well, we do have some screenshots, and um, we've got them up here on the laptop. Can you run through a few of these and just show yes. people what the process is going to be like so. when somebody sits this down in front of them? At a so this, this screen is like when it's sleeping, so this will come up. But the first um, screen the guest will see here, let's see, go down. There's oh, there you go. That's another sleep screen. That's Wolfgang. That's my boss. Um, this is a screen that the guests will see right away when the server brings the um, iPad to the table. So at the very bottom of the screen, you have the sake, uh, spirits and liquors, uh, wines by the bottle, beer, wines by the glass, and our specialty cocktails. So we tell the guests, you know, where do you want to start? And let's say they go to wines by the bottle. So they'll, they'll press it. And that's what's fun, too. You can go by a table, and they'll be doing this, and I'll walk by and just go, boop, and they'll be like, oh, thank you. Does it play Angry Birds? <laughs> no, it does not. Because <laughs> you'd never I, get it back from people if that I happens. wouldn't, and I have a lot of um, poker players that play um, poker on their iPads at the table, and they've asked me before if uh, they can, uh, all right, come on. Are we what? 
Am I doing it? All right. There we go. Sorry, I'm just not no used problem. to your computer. So this screen comes up where they have the option of either um, uh, selecting what kind of buy the bottle wine they want. So you got sparkling at the top, white, all, red, sweet and fortified. And then on the other side, there's glass, half bottle, large format. And let's say we're going to pick a red wine. So you, you would tap it with your finger. And then. So this is mine. I just use that mouse pad button, the, that one there, when you got it on the, where you want it to go. There we no? go. Oh. There you go. Oh, no, so my bad. So if you were to do, so we picked red. And it takes you to this screen which is all the, we selected by grape. So we get all the varietals. So if you're like, oh, I'm in the mood for Cabernet tonight, you can pick Cabernet. If I'm in the mood for Cab Franc, I, you do Cab Franc. So we're going to pick, um, I believe it's sorted by all red on the next page. Um, no, this is actually the spirits, the spirits page. So this is what the spirits okay, page so would be like. So it, it you, separates you it out. And you walk, walk your way through it. That's cool. And, um, and it looks cool, and then you actually get the particular bottle. Now, do I tap that and it sends an order to you in the kitchen? No. Or wherever no. it is, sommeliers hang out? <laughs> the wine cellar. <laughs> the wine cellar, yeah. Wine cellar taking shots of Jaeger. <laughs> okay. Hey, girl after Um, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, um, no, the, the, the plus sign there, if you, you click on that, it will give you a more broader um, information about the wine you had selected. You could put in a picture, you could put in information about the winery, information about the winemaker. Um, I choose not to do that right now because I would rather them talk to me about that. So there's not, there's still some humanity in the, in the, so I can get the guests engaged even if they are afraid of the sommelier, you know. Right. But on the side here, this is the best part. On the side you can see by the price button and there's, below it's a region. If a guest is looking for a certain price point, they can go directly to price and see where they, where they can play. And also in the region as well, if you're in the Cabernet area, you can press region and we'll separate to Napa, Bordeaux, um, you know, everywhere else in the world that grows Cabernet that I have on the list. That, I mean, right off the bat, I think, and we'll get into pricing and Psalms in just a minute, uh, but I have to think that the fact that you can push your own price point and then see what's in there is gonna take a lot of the intimidation factor out of the people that are always afraid to say I want something in the $50 range or the whatever range. People get scared to tell you that because they, they think do. you're going to go home and tell yeah, everyone like, that you had cheap people. Yeah, some $50 wine, yeah. which it does. It's not about that. Every wine, there's a wine for everybody at a certain price point. And just because it's a certain price doesn't mean it's going to be, you know, less good than, you know, the 6,500 bottle of Screaming Eagle. It's so, just frame of reference. So that's where I want to I want to chat, really. So that, that's the basic. And by the way, great new technology. It's sweeping not only Las Vegas, but the country and the world mm -hmm. right now. And like I said, um, if it's just cool. <laughs> it is cool. Pretty much just People are so excited say. when they come in and it's sit down cool. at the table and that their new iPad that they just got is something they can use at the dinner table as well. And um, so they can use their own iPad. They don't need you to bring an iPad. No, 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 oh, they can't. Okay. Actually, I think they may actually, but um, I haven't haven't tried to do it. But um, that'd be cool. We, it would then be. Then they could still play Angry Birds. Yes, yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a lot of iPads in the restaurant. Just poker players, children, you know, and poker players and children, children, children yes, that watch their their cars movie at the dinner table and. You know, so everyone's, I had um, one of my VIPs when we were testing it out, I would, I would take to my VIP guests that I knew well to, to give me feedback. And uh, one of my <laughs> VIP's kids, he, he brings them out for daddy kid day. And um, very sophisticated diner, this, this eight-year-old. Um, I'm like, so just, you know, go right ahead and tell me what I, what, I, what I should need. And he went through it like a professional and, and knew exactly where to go and told me that I needed more selections in Chile. So I was, okay, if an eight-year-old gets it, I 
I think we can we can roll this out. So and if an eight-year-old knows that you need more chili and wine, yeah. I wonder what he's doing at I'm home. Like, but wow, you're very perceptive. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk. I mean, this is great technology, but overall, a sommelier. I mean, because this is a tool to make people maybe a little less intimidated. But yes. I also try to think of this show as a tool to make people a little less intimidated. That's I'm auditioning for Oprah's job right now. Um, <laughs> anyway. Sommeliers, you scare the crap out of people. Yeah, we it, do. And it, I really think it's about your personality. And I, I do think that the sommelier community in this time we're in is moving more towards um, a younger crowd and, or a younger, a younger generation. And you're not getting so much of that stuffy persona coming to your table. You're getting someone who is generally passionate, travels the world, that wants to do this as a profession and very young. And I think it has to do a lot with the university here and getting a lot of younger kids in the, the, the industry. Right. And you're just seeing more of that. So nowadays, it's more of a, um, I don't know, a younger, more approachable person yeah, coming there. But still. A lot of Psalms in their late 20s to mid 30s, a lot of women, I mean, maybe not as many as there should be, but more than there were. 10, 15 years ago as sommeliers, uh, definitely makes it more approachable to people. Yeah. Can I, before we get to this, because we do have some questions, before I get to that, explain what a sommelier, how do you view a sommelier's job? I mean, because if I'm, some people think you're reserved for the expert, and only somebody who knows everything about wine could possibly speak to you. And to me, I don't think those people, damn you people who know all that about <laughs> wine. I don't think that those people need a sommelier. I mean, they know. I mean, they, yeah, they may want to show off and ask you some question about yeah. some weird grape growing in some mountain somewhere. But generally, they know what they, they're going to be able to look and navigate. It seems to me that it's people who don't know a lot about wine that should yeah. be talking to you, right? Yeah, they should. And I, I want, if, you, if, if you're, you know, you don't know much, please ask me because I'm here. I'm your, your um, your pharmacist of wine, I'm here to prescribe and help you get to what you need. You tell yeah. me How what you want. <laughs> <laughs> How much you want? <laughs> tell me what you want, and I will find something for you. It's um, personal, it's what you like, and there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I like this and that. It's, it's perception, it's what, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm not here to make fun of you or laugh at you for what you selected because, I mean, Come on, I, I drink Jägermeister and Bud Light. I'm not trying to right. make fun of anybody. There you go. There's our headline. <laughs> Psalms drink Jäger and Bud Light. Hey, yes, we do. I have a Jäger machine at home. We can go <laughs> we, right now. <laughs> Scott, um, we've got a question, man. What's going on? Uh, CK wants to know, how long does it take to become a certified or qualified Psalm? Um, I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, that includes my school. I went to UNLV for four years. And when I got out of, I also swam for UNLV, too. Um, when I got out of there, I'm, I'm part of a guild called the Quartermaster Sommiers, and that's helped me. Um, there's different, other different organizations that you can get certification with, but I, um, it took me about four years to get to an advanced level, and right now I'm studying. I just took my Master Sommier exam, which was very rigorous. And um, a lot to ask you, lots of questions like, what is harissa and things like that. Very, like, <laughs> Can you ever find harissa? Do you ever taste harissa in a grape? Do you say, this has a touch of harissa. It smells like Do harissa. Do not serve it to McVegas. <laughs> but it, I, I could feel him. I'm like, gosh, I know how that feels to get questions thrown at you where you may not know what it is. You have an idea of what it is, but you have to tell them what you, at least what you, somewhat you know about it, but not in a half-ass way. I, no, yeah, same, same feeling there. But um, What level of restaurant should I expect that I'm that is going to have a resident mm. qualified sommelier on staff? I mean, is it only your 
I don't know, for lack of, you know, your four and five diamond by AAA standards, or am I going to find it in more casual restaurants? More casual restaurants. I, would, I wouldn't think um, bistro, but some do, like um, Bouchon does in their bistro, but that's one of the only ones I know of. But yeah, things that are more casual, fine dining and fine dining, you'll find a sommelier. And um, so it depends on the floor and how big the restaurant is and how many there are. Um, in my restaurant, I consider myself a quarterback, and I am throwing the plays to my servers. You know, I can't be at every table. So server like, this is what they would like. This is full body, dry, heavy red in this price point. What do I got? I give them their three options, and they, they go back and hopefully make the goal and well, do a good job. There's my next question. When should I expect, you know, when I am at a higher-end restaurant, when should I expect that I'm actually going to speak to the sommelier? I mean, I'm in a position because you guys know who I am, and mm -hmm. I write about you, and I have a sommelier come to my table every time I'm at a restaurant, and I'm like, I don't know, just give me good wine, you know? I mean, really, I'm clueless, and you guys are always quite wonderful, but I realize you've got a lot of people in there, so should someone expect that the psalm is gonna stop by their table? If the psalm does not stop by their table, should they be insulted? Should they feel free to ask to speak to a sommelier, and under what circumstances? Um, wow, that was a lot of questions. Yeah, it, and a sommelier should always be present on the floor. If you're a sommelier and you have a title that says sommelier on your card, you need to be on the floor. Then you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You should always be aware of what's going on. I'm, I will approach a table if I find a guest is general. I can see confusion on faces, and <laughs> that's I'll go why help you're always you. at my table. I understand. <laughs> um, oh, no. Servers usually um, when, in, in my restaurant, but probably in most other restaurants, will you know, you know, talk about the wine list and do mention that we do have an on-staff sommelier that can help you. I mean, it's impossible to touch every table, but I do try to um, at least make my presence known and. Most of the time, the, the guests know what I am by seeing me come in and out with bottles of wine and opening right. wine. And we have a, a very extensive tableside service. And um, some just request me just so they can talk to me because they don't know what, it, what, it, what, it, what that is and they've never seen it before. And it's, it's fun it's, you know, to um, be able to um, get, give a different experience to someone who's never seen something like so sophisticated, I guess. Or... Well, talk about what your job is. Do you personally and do Psalms in general, I mean, do you get that beauty that you get to go to wine country and visit the places and you're always out and you're picking out the wines mm -hmm. yourself? Yeah, they, they love to hear, they don't know. So it's, they're like, wow, did you, did you pick out all of these? I go, not every single one, pretty much. I mean, my, I do have a beverage director that helps me and it's a joint effort. But um, they, are, they usually get jealous and want to change their job. They're like, you go where? You were, what? That's, yeah. You spent two weeks in the Barossa Valley just to study wine. I didn't even know you could do that. I want to do that. That's so cool. And there's always great restaurants you get to eat at. In those yes, so yes. I want to hit a couple quick questions because we are kind of running down on the clock. But um, OK, simple question for somebody. What, in a, in a fine dining restaurant, what's the average markup, per, not by what you pay and what you charge, but for what I would pay in a hometown liquor store mm -hmm. and what I would pay in a restaurant of your caliber. What, what should I expect? So if I've got a bottle that I buy for $35, uh -huh. and what should I expect to pay when I'm in a good restaurant for that? In, in Las Vegas, depending where you're at and what property you're at, if you buy a bottle for $35, you should be expecting to pay between, I would say, $75 and $90 in there, depending on how many selections they have at that price point, but you can expect it to cost that much. Something that um, I try to tell people, and I want to make sure you agree with it, is a lot of people, and this is, uh, trust and I know you guys are out there. I'm not going to admit <laughs> it, but I know you're out there because I've been you and I've done it. 
people that will simply, when they're strapped for cash, will buy the second least, second least expensive bottle. That yes. is probably the best selling among people who are broke, the se second least, because nobody wants to buy the least expensive bottle. In general, somebody like you yourself takes great pride in assembling a wine list. Mm -hmm. There is nothing on it that you put there that oh. you wouldn't drink yourself, no, no matter if it's yeah. the cheapest bottle on the list. Isn't that correct? This is true, and I drink, I drink, the, I drink these wines, and um, I, I am in no position to buy expensive bottle, bottles of wine all the time and get to drink these grand things. It's my guests and um, very good friends that, are, that let me taste and enjoy their grand wine, but yeah, um, I wouldn't pick something and put it there if it if I didn't approve of it and that it was variety correct and a solid wine. And those price points are there for everyone. I mean, the the sixty five hundred bottle Screaming Eagle is there for someone. The lowest expensive wine list is there for someone. If if what you want for me and that's what it is, then this is what what, what I'm going to give you. So that's. Just how it is. I need to have all options. Right. So and it's going to be good because yes. you wouldn't put. I mean, yes. you're not putting Boone's Farm on there. No, just to, no, but they've you know, asked. To mark it and up. they've asked me for box wine, and Chef does cook with box wine, so I can always give it to you if you what? really, really want it. Yeah, I want to talk about that though. You know, I've always said, you know, my favorite example on five or six different sommeliers have given me this as an example, and it happened to me. I've said to somebody, you know, people said, "What kind of wine do you like?" Which 10, 15 years ago, and we're like, "Really, man? I, I really, I sit at home, I drink white Zinfandel." And <laughs> what, what they've said to me is, "Okay, so you like a fruity sweet wine?" Okay, yes, that sounds much classier. And then yeah. they go, "Well, how about a Reese thing?" And I'm like, "That sounds much, much classier." And then <laughs> yeah. I discovered Reese things. So really, don't be afraid to tell somebody you want box wine. I mean, yeah. what I drink at home is, and if it's Thunderbird, I mean, I don't know, you're going to come up with something. Yeah, right? this is true. It's it's how I, I how I can introduce you to new things, and you got to start somewhere. If you start, I started with Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, so that's where I started, and was luckily enough to have an epiphany wine of 1985 Margot, which was great. And um, that's what got me. When you have that one great wine, you're, you'll be sold and you'll be, just want to go everywhere and, and look in different areas and taste different things. And a lot, of, the most fun part of my job is getting people out of their comfort zones and getting them to try different things. And um, especially in this recession, it's opened people's eyes up to the other areas of the world and value, especially in Chile and Argentina. Great value there. That's what I was going to ask you. That's a question I always like to ask is where is the undiscovered value? So Chile and Argentina. Yeah, still... there's some great things there. For... Chile has been known, I mean, I remember 10, 15 years ago people talking about Chilean wine, but it's still value wine. It is, it is. And it, there, there are a lot more monies down there, a lot more, like Philippe Rothschild and um, you know, Robert Mondavi are down there making headway. and bringing better vineyard practices so their quality of wine has gone up extremely well in the last five years. And, um, so you go there, yeah. especially if you're at Lee's, then you can really get a bargain wine and really experiment and play. Yeah, the, uh, my favorite at, at, at Gray, I think it's like $8, is Monty's Purple Angel. It's a Carmenere, and it's one of their, one of Chile's signature varietals and uh, classic style for, for, from that country, and great price. Okay, great say, yeah, say that again, because I want to be able to bring people an $8 bottle of wine <laughs> recommended by one of the great songs It is here Purple Angel. I have to do, really remember it's Purple Angel. Purple but Angel. Monty's, Monty's M-O-N-T-E-S is the producer that makes it. And you can find that at Whole Foods. You can find it at um, Lee's and probably Kohori's, too, here in town. Can I find it at Cut? Um, I have Monty's, but I don't have the Purple Angel currently. Okay. But. Scott, we got a question. Yeah, before we wrap up real quick, do you have an opinion on wine critic Robert Parker? Oh, Robert Bobby Parker. Um, I do. Um, he gets a lot of flack, you know, especially nowadays with his 100-point score system. Um, I, I respect him because he um, is the first person to bring um, 
certain wines onto the map in certain areas that hadn't been so, um, what is it, researched. Um, I reference his Bordeaux book and his Rome book quite often. He's the most ex he has the most extensive research in those areas right now. Um, he's, I think he's retiring soon, and it's getting, it's getting close to, for him to be done, but you, he's the first person to ever um, do wine ratings and have his own system and have it so popularized. And you go to Australia, and they, they don't like him very much. And you go, go to certain areas of the world, and you don't talk about it. But you can't just disregard him because you know, people don't en enjoy the point system or whatever. But he kind of created that um, whole critic you know, movement. Well, cool. Thank you so much for coming. I mean, first of all, you know, I said, I, please, people, don't think I was trying to educate you on wine in 15 minutes. I could do <laughs> no. an hour a week for a year, and um, you could be teaching me something and them something new every day. What I really wanted to get across is that sommeliers are not scary people. No. That no. They, um, they love to teach people new things and that you should be anxious to speak to them and take advantage of them. If you're having a good meal, tell them what your price range is. Be dead honest. Um, even sometimes, I know people that'll, I've sometimes said to somebody, I can't afford a wine tasting to go with my meal, but could you do a microbrew? And I know some songs Oh that yeah, are beer, thrilled. I love beer, beer is my favorite. So, so please get to know your psalm. Um, Cut, of course, here in the Palazzo, an incredible restaurant. It's got the cool new toy that you can play on along with a few other places. And Cut is opening up in London. Yes. Finally. This is, I've been hearing about this for a long it's time. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. They're opening in Park, 45 Park Lane. Um, training starts in about a week. It's due to open um, the couple first weeks of September. So yeah, Cut London. Very small, exclusive. I think it only holds like 40 seats. It's, it's going to be a big deal. They're doing all Can the you food. You get me in there when I'm in London next time. Hopefully, okay. Hopefully, I have some. You some got a little bowl. juice yeah. over there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so this cool. will be the fourth addition to the cut, the cut brand. So we're we're really excited. One of my great hints to people as to how to get a reservation, like in a foreign town, is find the sister restaurant and make yeah. friends. Yeah. Well, with it, it works usually. You know. In LA, it works, and it's it's hard to get a reservation. So anyway, too. thank you so much for thank coming. You. Thank Vic Vegas, of course, for coming. Vic, do you have a sommelier at any of your restaurants? I'm working on it. Okay, can yes. we expect? Bones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vic, we will tune in on Sunday. Good luck. Can't wait to see you kick some ass, hopefully. Can I say that on the radio? Scott will bleep it if I can't. Okay. Um, tune in and check out Scott. Check out my website all the time, almancini.net, and buy my book, Eating Las Vegas, the 50th Central Restaurant. Now I have, I think, the third or fourth person from one of my top ten restaurants in Yay. to do the show. So <laughs> thanks a lot. Tune in next week. I have no idea who the hell my guest is going to be, but it'll be fun. This is Top of the Food Chain.